Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season four, episode number 52. And tonight I'm joined by Mike, Paul, and a very special guest about to join us imminently. We we, we leave his uh, announcement until he joins. (laughs) Are you Uh, good? Hmm. All good, yeah? How are you? I haven't seen you in a while. We've seen each other a little bit more regularly in recent <laughs> weeks, Mike, which is which is not the norm for us. Normally, we're 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 on opposing shows, so you know that means if we're together, it means the cowboy season is done. And what's ahead of us? Yay! The best time of the year. It's better it's, than Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, Paul, you're looking on there, going, "You guys are crazy." I I am. <laughs> no, like don't get me wrong. Like I'm obviously gutted the season's over. We're not actually talking about the Cowboys playing in the Super Bowl or anything like yep. that. But um, it's always interesting to see how we kind of talk about regards to the future and stuff like that. What we could potentially look at in the draft and stuff like that. And I, I would say, like when it comes to the lead up to the draft, it's definitely more of a fan experience where you get to kind of like play it's a game pretty much you're playing a game to figure out who are we picking like you're, yeah. try, you're, you're trying to source it all out and just kind of go based on your assumptions and that so it's, it's quite interesting yeah and just just Lebarski joined the show right at the end last week he's here at the very start good lord Lebarski, as much as we would love to <laughs> as, as a special guest for tonight there's someone even bigger than you about to join this show. <laughs> so I'm 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 building it up for him now, and it's 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 going to be hilarious. But Paul, I'm just going to pick up on a point there that you were saying. You know that the draft is a game we're all going to be playing, and like we all love to do mock drafts at this time of the year. You know, and before I'm, I'm literally doing one right now as we speak. <laughs> and before we were jo- before we joined, I was saying. Noah Sewell has dropped from the first round down to the third round, mm. you know, and players are going to ascend and players are going to descend. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at players from the senior bowl in particular, like uh, Cody Mack, the North Dakota State guy, his stocks yeah. rising up and stuff like that. They're seeing some of the wide receivers from lower schools really making a good impression and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's one thing we keep saying here in UK Cowboys. The draft is a lottery. You just don't know what you're expecting when you draft the player. It's like, a box you, of chocolates. Yeah, like you can you can draft this player knowing his physical attributes, etc., etc. Yeah. But when it really comes down to it, when you bring that player in and try to get him into your system, it's a completely different. It's like a is it going to work or is it not? Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much it with every player that you draft. Like so there's some players in the later rounds. They pick it up straight away, and they actually outdoing the veterans. Yeah. Sometimes the what, like for example, like we saw a Delon Brand coming out of nowhere, forcing yeah. out, like I said, forcing out Kelvin Joseph. Yeah, so, absolutely. So it just shows that anyway, it doesn't matter if you're drafted the first round, second round, undrafted. Like if you, as long yeah. as you're able to pick up the pick up the pieces and actually get your head stuck down, that's what matters. Yeah. Mike, I'm going to throw this one to you. Mm. Joe has said he really likes the TCU quarterback, Max Dogan. Have him learn behind Dak. Thoughts? 
He's trying to go undrafted, I think. Yeah. And like he had a he had an up and down senior ball, which talking about the senior ball. Yeah. Um and also the thing that you leave that he left behind is that final game in the night. Mm. And that's just like a complete and utter yeah, I mean he he choked the big time. Um and you know that team looked for Max to take that game on his shoulders. Because like the Nai, the best way to describe what happened to Max Duggan in that game was uh it's a good saying, I think, from um uh Tyson, where he once said Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That is exactly what happened to Max Duggan. He got punched in the mouth, went, oh, good Lord, and just curled up into a ball. Yeah. Um, do I want him to... I don't know. It's a, he's, he's just... What's funny is he will be quite um, what polarising because there'll be so much opinion on him because... Mm. Of, and you've got what he did at TCU in that final year. Yeah. Are things that you can point at where you're like, wow, that, that was really, really good. And then it just swings back the other way once you look at the night in the senior bowl, where yeah. it's up against the best of the best. And um, I just said, uh, if he's going to go undrafted and you take him as one of your, and you take him in, you know, as one of those undrafted guys, Possibly, yeah. Why not? Mm. You're taking a stab. One thing I will say is they are going to draft a quarterback. Jerry Jones yeah. said, and I know it can be that this is the time of year. You know, we call it, we, we call it the lying season year, and I, lying, not lion. Um. So, yeah, but I think for definite though, it's in the cards that they need yeah. to get another quarterback in. They need to develop something. And Mike McCarthy historically has always been one of those guys to take a quarterback mm. late and see what you got yeah. and try to develop it. I'm just about to bring in our extremely special guest. It is <sighs> Return of the Mac, Mr. Richard Jones. How are you doing, sir? All good. Emphasis on special. <laughs> <laughs> special indeed, my friend. Special, special. indeed. We've we've given you the big build up, Rich. You know it's it's been a while since we've had you on. You've had things going on in life, so we've decided oh, yeah. we're going to ask you. A couple of weeks removed, the emotion is gone. What's your thoughts on the Cowboys season? Um, it's a weird one. It's kind of what you'd expect, but not at the same time surprising in a couple of ways. Um. Especially as the season went on, the O-line started doing quite well, started gelling quite well, held up quite well. And then obviously it all sort of, not on the O-line, but came apart offensively then at the end. Um, defense is brilliant. Wouldn't change a thing with the defense. Unless it's obviously for the better if it's an upgrade. Great, but um, depressing at loss of the 49ers, but here's what it is. It was close, though. It was a lot closer than I thought it was going to be. I was dreading that game. I was dreading the game before, but I was really dreading that game. So, given what's what's gone on since, obviously, Kellen Moore has departed. 
Dan Quinn has been retained. Um, a lot of positional coaches have left. Is there anything mm. you feel should happen that hasn't happened yet? Or are you happy with how the offseason has gone so far? Relatively, relatively happy so far. I mean, it's very early doors. But the interesting thing is it very much seems like a bit of a rewrite for the offense as a whole. Like when you look who's gone, um, the coaching staff that's gone, um, a lot of people on that side of the ball. And it seems to be keying up very much for mm. it's doing things Mike McCarthy's way and he's going to live or die by the sword. Um, yeah. Could be quite an interesting season, depending on what happens. I think you have to win the game you just lost at the very least. Very, very least. You need to make that divisional championship game for, for him to stay. And I know that's very down the line, but I, I think that's a minimum and I think it's keying up for that already. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, like, Mike, one of the things, and I know we haven't spoken about this properly since, we, since the season ended, a lot of what happened in the draft it kind of didn't make a lot of sense to me but you kept saying keep the faith i know what the plan is the plan was to go back to the run game do you expect something like that to happen again with this upcoming draft class that they're going to try and build the team to run the ball even more now that mike mccarthy is going to be calling the plays well you think it's going to be a west coast offense so it's going to be yep a totally different style of running, um, mm -hmm. totally different style of um, what you you look for in running backs, most certainly. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to be looking in the draft. Depend. It depends what they do in free agency, but that's yeah. just a that's a cop out answer. So if we just say at this stage, if they were to go into the draft with what they got, then really all looking at wide receivers at this point now because. Go back to the Mike McCarthy Green Bay team um, before, say, nine, 19, yeah, 18, mm -hmm. 2018, 2019. And they just, they a lot of wide receivers because you need them for that West Coast style offense. Yeah. So before we do go any further, look, if anyone has comments, if you want to send us in your questions, what we do plan to do today is kind of talk about some of the Shrine Bowl guys, talk about some of the Senior Bowl guys. Um, if anyone hasn't been following along, Mike has been doing a series both on Blogging the Boys and on our own channels of players coming out of the, the both of those games, what, what he likes about them, what he doesn't like, and he's going to continue to do that. So make sure you're checking that out. But if you do have questions, send them in, and we do see questions coming in, but we're going to flip it over, and we are going to... Someone beats me to it. <laughs> the news and updates. So, obviously, as we said, Kellamore is out. Mike McCarthy is going to call the plays. Brian Schottenheimer, who has been on the staff for the 2022 season, is our new de facto offensive coordinator, even though Mike McCarthy will call the plays. So, how did everyone feel about that appointment? Go for it, guys. <laughs> I'm very happy. Put it that mm -hmm. way. Like, I, I think there's no really... I, I, like, don't get me wrong, I'm 
happy for Kellen Moore to move on and stuff like that. But the problem with Kellen was he was just so inconsistent. So, but and and I'm gonna jump into a different scenario here, like well, different part. Like it's still related, but I cannot help what the Chargers did yesterday. Has anyone seen their hype video? Oh, yeah. Why there's a hype video for Kellen Moore? I'm and I'm like, well, I'm happy. You're happy. That's it. That's all I'm saying about the Chargers right now. I'm happy you're happy because we are very happy that football. I'm very happy that Kellen Moore's out the door. So now we can actually get somewhere can be a bit, have a bit more aggression and actually treat our players like actual players and not like actual former teammates. So yep. I'm on board with that. I'm also on board with our new offensive uh, lineman coach. I'm very much on board with that guy. Um, is it Mike? Um, what's this? Solari, Mike Solari. Yeah, Solari. Yeah. Forty plus years being an offensive lineman coach. He's also been under uh Tom Landry in his last two years mm-hmm. when he was back in mm-hmm. Dallas as a special teams assistant and offensive lines assistant. So this guy comes well, wealth of knowledge, right? And I think with him coming into Dallas, <laughs> he's got. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. that coming. <laughs> Yeah, the Chargers just took our ex-wife. Good work. Uh, brilliant comment, Joe. Um, what I was going to say was is that um, God, that really threw me off now as well. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, you were talking about Mike Solari. Yeah, Mike Solari. <clears throat> yeah. I think for the first time in a long time, Solari's going into Dallas and he's actually got like Zach Martin, Tyler Smith, who are still raw. Like mm. he's got an arsenal of really good offensive linemen that just need that extra bit of guidance to really become the great wall again. Yeah. Like I and I think Salali could do that. So I'm very excited to see what he can do uh for, for that and also Scott Scottenmeyer as well. So I'm very interested to see what uh, as we kind of talked about, it's gonna be like a West Coast offense. So yeah. it's it's very gonna be intriguing. I'm very excited to see what we're gonna do. Yeah. Rich, give us your thoughts, and then we'll bring in one. Pretty much the same, to be honest. I'm, I'm looking forward to that depth and that wealth of knowledge. Hopefully, that will eliminate the simple errors that have happened in the past couple of years. Um, you bring in some of that experience. You would imagine that they will. One of the first things they will do will make sure that the fundamentals are being done right and being done properly before they move on to anything cute. Mm. Um, that is probably what I'm looking forward to the most because we know this team, it was better this year, but this team still has had problems with issues on that front, both in terms of penalties and things that haven't been flagged with penalties, but there's still issues. Mm. I'm looking forward to that side of things and things generally being a bit, probably a bit neater um, yeah. and a bit more solid. Yeah, Mike, go on. Give us your thoughts. I literally have nothing more to add on that. I mean, um, <laughs> you know, it's the case. The, the, the saying is, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But at the same yeah. time, if it's not working, then change it. And that's yeah. what the Cowboys have done. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the other bit of news, Mike. This is your. This was news that you you. Said to, both, to us this evening so we'll, we'll throw it over to you to start with obviously there is talk and rumor doing the rounds in dallas that tony pollard might be tagged that's what they're saying it's not confirmed but there is 
murmurs at the moment going on where yeah. they're saying, yeah, th this is where it's going. Yeah. Um, if that's the case, then I don't think it, it, it puts them out of the running to draft a running back mm -hmm. um, because you still need something for the West Coast offense. Tony Pollard does work. Yeah. Kind of does too. Um, you know, that there's still a role for him. But you're going to need something else there with a bit more. Like, what do you think what they had before? You know, they're like they have the likes of like Ty Montgomery running back there in Green Bay. That's the type of guy they're going to be looking at. Um, yeah. Those sleeker running backs. So that's really what they're going to be looking down the road. And, you know, that's the sort of guy you get in the third round, fourth round. Yeah. Um, Rich, Paul, have you any thoughts on Tony Pollard returning on the tag? I'm a bit sceptical about using him for the tag when he's coming off from injury, if I'm being perfectly honest. Summed up my thoughts exactly. Like, I mean, if, if, if history proves itself, players coming back from a massive injury and a big contract never works out. Like we saw that in the, like, with the return season with Michael Gallup, right? Don't get me wrong, like we said, like we galloped, like he came in. I think he had a lot of expectations to be that number two guy and just come up from a major surgery, was rushed back. Mm. That'll probably be the same case with, with if Pollard, if he's offered that franchise, like people expect him to be on the field, but he's just he's just picked up a big massive injury. So, yeah, I, I, if I'm being honest and I'm going to say it, I would let him work, yeah, yeah. And Lebarski is 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 in agreement with you here. Lebarski knows we are not drafting. Oh. We are not drafting. But, 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 <laughs> he will be gone by then. He will be gone. Like like there's some really there's some good running backs in the middle of that draft. There really is. Yeah, your, your value, especially for for this offense. Yeah, like even even in a West Coast offense, Bijan makes no sense. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't work. He's yeah. pretty much like he would be. I don't know. He, I'm trying to think like what type of team Bijan would be on a spread on a spread offense. On a spread offense works perfectly. Like yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I have a feeling Bijan Robinson could end up with the Chiefs. Well, yeah, I was just about to say the Chiefs. Yeah, he could it's end up there. Perfect type of place. And like you know, when you think about it, drafting a first round running back. It's a bit of a, a sketchy thing to do, but it's not a bad thing to do if you're a team that is only a running back away. You know, if you can get a running back, and mm. it, he can be a, be a solid running back for, the say, the next six years with a first-round yeah. pick, because you can fifth-year option franchise tag. You think Bijan Robinson by that time, he's going to be 28, which means he's on the downside of his career. Yeah. So there you are. We, we cut loose. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah. I've I I have been meaning to say this for weeks, but I think Labarski is. Um, I, I have a question: Is have Labarski and Jamie Smith been seen in the same room? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But Rich, give it. Give us your thoughts there, because like Labarski has, he's kind of said here, let Pollard walk first June first. Zeke called him draft be John Robinson. I mean, I think. The running back room is going to turn over in this offseason, regardless. 
I think, regarding Pollard, um, taking it one step at a time, I think the Cowboys have been a bit of a victim of their own success this season with him. Um, or Tony's success. They kind of have to franchise tag him if they want him around next season. Because regardless of the injuries, which are not a massive thing in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. you've got a high ankle sprain and you've got a non-compound fracture, recovery time's estimated three months, and he's got a full off season. You expect probably a slow start to next season for him compared to how he was this season. But by mid-season, you'd expect him realistically to probably mm-hmm. be near enough where he was at. 18. Yeah regardless of his injuries, will give him at best a better one-year deal or two-year deal, basically better than what Dallas will do short of franchise tagging him. So the only way to keep him around in my eyes for one year, realistically, is to tag him. And you'd be silly to not want him around next year, in my opinion, especially when you're making that transition to the West Coast offense, like Mike said. I'm just going to add in this. And I don't know if you guys remember. What did we do with Demarcus Lawrence? We Did we not franchise tag him? And when we did, like that's we kept the negotiations going down. We sent him to a longer-term deal that cancelled out the franchise tag. Yes. So, so why can't we not just do that? Like, Nothing to though, stop you. Like, like, so we can still put Tony Pollard on a franchise tag, but mm. immediately after that, then come up with an actual, okay, at least you're here for next season, but let's get you yeah. done for a longer-term deal and cancel it. This franchise has started well, from now. This is I where know I, if I want to do that. Yeah, I, and this is where I but, contradict myself because yeah. whilst I've yeah. just said the injury isn't a massive deal, it could be. You don't yeah. want to be giving a multi-year contract to him. You want to give him a one-year deal, see if he's actually okay next year, and then yeah. go from there. And the only way to really do that, I think, is to tag him, which sucks. I, I, but I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm sorry I'm gonna come at you, Joe, for this one for your comment about Michael Gallup, right? Michael Gallup was like was put into the fire because there was no other wide receivers. He was forced into it, like, mm. and it's unfortunate. Yeah, he's injured and that, and every first season coming off an injury is always going to be a downfall. But I would make that if if. If Pollard was in Pollard, if Gallup was to play the exact same way he did this year for next season, then yes, I would be completely pissed off about that. Yeah. So, like, I was, I was going to make that point that Joe made in terms of I would buy or beware in terms of giving Tony a long-term contract. Yeah. And it kind of brings us to the question here that Labarski is at, is asking us. What deal would we would Pollard actually take that we'd be comfortable with? And then the the the, the next point is, what do we do with Zeke? Realistically, you, know, you want the one you deal question. to see what you've got. Yeah, yeah. Like I'd 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 I'd, I'd accept a one year deal, Rich. You're talking about twenty three, twenty five million but, taken up in your in but your given given his production this year. Yeah. What this is the flip side of it. Like I said, yeah, given what his injuries actually are his age, all the rest of it, someone is going to be silly and give him mm. a better deal and then he's gone. Yeah. And then you kind of got to start all over again. You know, we the, one of the bad things about this team is that they get in a good position with a group of yeah. any position, positional group, 
and they have not sometimes an abundance of riches, sometimes they're just solid. And then the next season, they let it all go to pot. And then that takes time to recover. And they always do that when they have problems elsewhere on the roster. They haven't been the most clever, I think, at retaining people at strong positions. They've made problems for themselves in the past, including last offseason. So Lebarski is saying, I'll be Graham and say the Bears. I'm assuming he, he's talking about Pollard going to the Bears with that. If not, come back in there, Lebarski, and we'll definitely we'll definitely pull it up. Um, like I suppose if 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 you look at it this way, as you say, Rich, you know, tag him for a year. We have himself, we have him, Zeke for 2023. You potentially and then you can make a decision that you can move on from both guys in a year's time and start actually going, right, I don't have huge money tied up in my running back room. I can draft a couple of guys because a lot of teams are getting production from guys on rookie contracts. And I think that's possibly where we need to go. Rookie contracts historically in the NFL is where um, running backs are the most productive. It's, it's historically, mm -hmm. yep. it's the most. So with running backs, it's the opposite of the rest of the NFL. That once they've rookie contracts over and you give them a contract, you're paying them for what they were, not what they will become. Yeah. And if you take a later round running back that potentially suits your West style offense and Mike McCarthy is gone and then the West Coast offense style is gone with him in a year, mm -hmm. it's not terrible. And you are probably relatively easily available to move on from that guy or to shop into whoever and get something back for him. Yeah. It's, you've not lost a great deal. Yeah. That's easily done. Yeah. So I'm just, read, just reading these comments. Yeah, so Lebarski is kind of agreeing. He's saying good teams aren't paying running backs anymore and haven't for a while. Yeah, Which Dallas kind of bucked that trend. Dallas are the ones that bucked that trend. Yeah, like we, we, we've we paid Zeke the big money. The Giants followed, paid, their, paid Barkley big money. Kamara, I think, is getting big money in New Orleans. You know, so I don't see any of the I don't see any of the teams, although I suppose San Francisco are gonna have a huge problem because they have Christian McCaffrey. Uh -huh. But outside of that, I don't see many of the you know top running backs. Like was Josh Jacobs was the leading rusher last season, and he's probably gonna be released by the Raiders, or he's not gonna he didn't have his fifth year option extended anyway, did he? I'm not sure. I can't speak for the Raiders. I pay yeah. very little attention to them. But they look to be moving on. Derrick Henry, the other, I suppose, leading rusher. Titans look to be moving on from him as well, you know. So you've very few guys in this league that are going to get a good contract as a running back. So maybe it's time to just break it all down and just, you know, go with a couple of cheap guys and hope you get something. Start again. But obviously, look, there was no game at the weekend and the Pro Bowl was on and it was an absolute slog to get through. I, I tuned in for bits and pieces. But the reason I'm asking that is, I think it was Lebarski did ask, did put in a question. He said, after watching the Super or after watching the Pro Bowl, are we going to use Robert <clears throat> Kevontae Turpin as a defensive end? 
Are you going to start using Zeke as a center? No. Oh. Oh. I love the guy, but are you going to start using Zeke as a center? Same question. Yeah. But look, the, the 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 main thing we obviously we said we were gonna talk about is the is the shrine game and the senior bowl game and the way we've kind of we're gonna break this down a little bit is we're gonna assume the Cowboys deal with their needs that they're gonna approach the draft with a best player available mentality that they've covered O line they've covered edge they've covered defensive line they've covered their secondary. And you're then able to approach the the draft, as I say, with the best player available option. So Rich and Paul are going to pick positional groups that they think the Cowboys need to draft. Mike, with his knowledge and what he's written for Blogging <laughs> Boys and our and our own content, is going to give us a li- give us a breakdown on some guys who um who, who but turn into the shrine first. Do it that way, yeah. trying then senior. Well, I'd, I'd say you can probably, if, if the guys want to give us a position group, and then you can say, right, this guy from Shrine Game, this guy from Senior Bowl. Okie dokie. And break it down like that. Oh, that's pressure. Shall so, go first? you go first, Paul. Your position group. Well, it's uh, specifically offensive line, but I'm more particular for guard. Well, you already know your guy. We've already spoken about him, host, host <laughs> Iris Torrance. Um, I mean, you yeah. could probably speak about him, Paul. I mean, you like him. Well, yeah, I mean, for you've done more research. I've only just saw the cl- clips of him pretty much. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would rather, like, rather to see us look more into guard this year. Yeah. Um, one guy, actually, who I think, and it was quite a big deal for him as well, is um is Michael Schmitz. Now he plays center, he's a big guy, but he is athletic. Oh. But what was good that I saw, and it's a big thing for his value, is they put him in a guard and let him take yeah. some snaps and he yeah. didn't miss the beat. Position he, he flex. Was, yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> like if he was to say in practices, like who was the best player at all positions, offense and defense. Mm. Uh, who not the game but the practices? I would say Schmitz was the best. He he mm. he shone yeah. the most. So Schmitz was the name I was I was going to actually mention to you, Mike. You know, he's I think he's mainly played as center, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, he's a center. But we'd be looking for him, I suppose, to play left guard, would we? Yeah, and going off what I saw in the practices, he, he would be able to do that. Yeah, he's going to be playing left guard. I mean, you're not going to get him to take Zach Mine's spot or position near, you know? No, definitely And that not. way you can keep Tyler Smith on the outside. The question then is, of course, is like, if you're doing that, that pretty much is going to seal the deal for Ron Smith, right? Ron Smith? Tyron Smith. Oh, he's tiring. Yeah. Do you or do you just get him, get Schmitz in, and you have competition at a few positions? Isn't Schmitz a centre though by default? Yeah, I don't know. He is a he, he, he is, is yeah. a centre. But what I'm saying is that they put him 
on guard snaps at the senior yeah. world in practices. And, and, he, looked, he, and he, 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 he looked good. Yeah, he really good. Miss a beat. Didn't he look just as good, good. playing guard as he did center? I mean, when you Ooh. think about it, and like for a guy his size as well, like mm-hmm. normally you would be like a bit apprehensive of the idea, but it worked. He made it work and it looked good. Yeah. Like, I'm going to flip back to 2014. And Zach Martin had played his whole career at left tackle mm-hmm. for Notre Dame. And he was put in as a right guard in the senior bowl. Him against Aaron Donald was the senior bowl 2014. Yeah. You know, so. And then, I mean, like, if you want to go the other way as well, then, and you say, all right, let's put um, Tyler Smith back at guard and look at tackle. No. Um, Oh, no, 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 I'm no. just saying, if you went the other way, I know you like Cody Mack. Um, mm-hmm. You are a guy that likes the small school. Yes, I'm a big fan of the small schools. <laughs> yeah. You've got a lot more to prove. Yeah. Blake Freeland kind of like, he didn't move the needle either way for me. I was kind of like, yeah. huh. Um, the guy who stands out the most is the guy probably everyone's heard of at the moment is Dewan Jones. Um, yeah, that guy is just a behemoth. Like, even standing next to big offensive linemen, he makes them look small. That's the best <laughs> that, way to describe it. Oh, the Ohio State tackle, yeah, who's like six foot, I think he's just shy of six foot nine and just shy of 360 pounds, and he can move. Oof. So just Google, just Google yeah. Dewan Jones at the Senior Bowl for a picture, and you'll see him in the huddle, like with all the other offensive linemen, and it just it it's ridiculous. It looks like a joke. It looks like somebody's playing a prank. So the question I'd have for you then, Mike, is is he not this year's Daniel Falele? Yeah, he is. A big trash can full of dirt. Yeah, yeah, the big bulky guy. Yeah. He is a mountain. I, and yeah. I think day one he practiced and then he got injured, uh, which is a shame because he was just absolutely destroying day one in practice. But what you did see is you saw they, they got him to do some movement skills and he would he did it, got him to do some stuff on the inside, did that too and looked good. Held up well, good use of hands and was able to move his feet and the lateral movement was really good too. For a guy his socks, really impressed. Really impressed. Yeah. And the only other guy then is, like I say, Osiris, Osiris Torrance then uh, from yeah. Florida. He probably on the game, the game itself, he was the best offensive lineman in that game. More than anything, pass protection was fine, but the run blocking, like a lot of the, the, the running game that was involved in that on his team was literally from him carving up holes and then moving into the second level and getting onto linebackers. Yeah. So I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this name up because the name I'm familiar with, um, DJ Dog, our resident Big Twelve expert, uh, has has highlighted him, and Paul is happy to see his name being mentioned, and that's Steve oh, yeah. Villa from TCU who plays as a guard. He's a guy maybe fourth round that you could look at, third round at best. Who did at you best. say? Steve Avila. Avila. Oh, Steve Avila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, go on, Paul. Go on. I'll let you take it. 
Yeah, I mean, Avila is actually, I actually quite like him a lot, like in terms of foot placement, in terms of blocking, pass mm-hmm. protection is pretty fairly decent. Um, I, I don't know if it's just me, but it, I think he just needs to bulk up a little bit more, but I think that like any other rookie, it's just a standard really, rookies just need to add more weight on. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I like the look of him, so I'm, but I'm going to do more game, game tape on him and just try and see what else I do like about him and what things I don't like. Yeah, better yeah. as a centre for sure. But you, if you go back and watch him, watch for the lunging pull and the waist mm. bending. Yeah. Does that a lot. That's why he loads to love, super coordinated. Mm-hmm. Um, um, can And, you know, like that, I always like offensive linemen, that from the snap, you know, that quick, that quick burst forward. He's really yeah. got that. The yeah. trouble you trouble you've got with him is that once he gets engaged, you'll start to waist bend and you'll start to lunge and you get these weird almost like sometimes he'll pancake himself on reach blocks. Don't ask me how he manages to do it, but you'll see it a lot. Yeah. So Rich, just before I ask you your first position group that you that you want to address. Labarski has asked us a question here and we'll go around the horn, maybe give two each. If as we start looking at the draft, what are our biggest needs in order if possible? So Rich, if you want to give us two, Mike give us two, Paul give us two, I'll give two as well. And let's see if we can reach some kind of consensus. I think you need the best interior Linemen you can get on the offensive line, and then probably wide receiver slash linebacker. Okay. And then I'm in the fence there, but that's going to be a bit of a need potentially. <laughs> Paul, give me yours. I'm going different. Yeah. Wide receiver, wide receiver is my top priority. Okay. Mm-hmm. And second of all, defensive interior tackle. It's particularly, I think, um, if we don't bring in, bring in Hankins, we will need to find someone else that will. Yeah. So, Mike, give us your two. I'm going both ways. I'm going inside offensive line one way, inside defensive line the other way. IOLTT. Huh. And I'm going to go completely different from all three of you. I'm going to go cornerback. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and an edge, edge, yeah, could edge. be, that's, that's, could, could that's be a what, sneaky knee. That's what I think. As, as great as the defense has been, we're in a huge hole with a cornerback. Mm. And I, myself and Paul said this on the show last week that bar Tank and Micah, you don't have a consistent guy playing on the edge who's going to get you sacks all season long. We had. Dante Fowler at the end of the season, Dorrance Armstrong at the start of the season. We didn't have that consistent guy all season with the two with the two of them. So I think, look, between us, we've named five, six positions and there's no consensus. <laughs> I don't think, I'd still say linebacker is right up there as well. Yeah, and that's linebacker is yeah. not a could be. I think it is because the depth wise. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Because if we don't bring back LVE, who else have we got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, like I, I wouldn't say it's desperate, but 
if they no. don't bring back LVE, it instantly shoots it's right up to the, to the top yeah. of your priority. Yeah. That's why I'm saying e. it depends what they do with LV. Um, I, I, will, I will say, though, at some point in the draft, we will have to draft a linebacker. We will have to draft a cornerback. Wide receiver, double dipping, I think we're going to have to. A lot, a lot of wide receiver. Like the, way, the, the way I'm kind of seeing it, like I obviously kind of did my mock draft, but based on positional needs, mm. um, I've, I've went with two wide receivers, a cornerback, linebacker, <laughs> An interior, a tackle, an edge, a running back, like just for the later rounds, like just to bring different dynamic um, and just a mix up between the best player available, like a safety and even potentially that quarterback that everyone keeps talking about, based on what yeah. Jerry's saying. What's the question for Mike? What's the depth like at corner? Secondary, specifically with quite Good. lanky guys, well, loads of that. The tall yeah. defensive backs is like it must be like a new, not a new thing, but the wave of what's coming in there. You yeah. know, like we said that uh, Dan Quinn likes his taller defensive backs. Well, it seems to be that this is the way he's going. That he was ahead mm. of the curve. You're not that defensive... great at catching, but your route running is okay. They, they, there's a lot of tall, <laughs> lanky corners. A lot of tall, yeah. lanky corners. Yeah, loads of I them. Why, the the, the issue this year, like... the issue this year is going the other way. So you know, like who said wide receiver was a need? A big one was it you? Uh, that was Mike, Paul. 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 Sorry. No. Paul, Paul. That, that wide receiver. The issue with wide receiver is normally like when you think of the last few years in the draft with wide receiver, the wide receiver class, it's always been yeah. that's been the best. It's always been the the wide receiver class is really it's it's stacked, it's deep, it's got so many riches involved that you mm. know you can pick any type and it'll fit. And you know, there's different types of wide receiver. This year it's actually not. It's like the first year in a while I can think of where the wide receiver class at the top is really good, but there's only a small selection of them. You got mm. a nice group of these these day two guys and then the rest is all in day three yeah there's no it's not a big it's not a talented big deep class same as in team the defensive line yeah are we uh, that convinced at uh, staying on wide receivers very quickly in terms of what we've got are we so convinced that the wide receiver core we've got is so inconsistent and unfixable at catching the ball consistently that we need to move on and get so many new ones in. It's, Are we that set? It's not the case that there's anything... Mm. There, there's certain aspects that are wrong. You know, I'm not saying the wide receivers we've got are perfect. They've all got flaws. Mm. But I think what, what the issue is, is when you look at the wide receiver core the Cowboys have got, they're too much of the same. So, yeah. like, you know, they're, they're all very similarly built and they're all very similar in terms of how they can separate and how they run routes. It's all very, very similar. What you need, and this is, you know, we're talking draft, it's very much like what Clemson Tigers had in their wide receiver court. They're all the same. So what happens in terms of defending that is you just go to your defensive back group and you just go, if you can defend him, you can defend the rest of them because they're all very similar. What we need, especially with the West Coast offense too, 
is you need a lot of variety. You need different types, different mm. body types, and guys who separate in different ways because then that makes the whole def- to defend them. It it adds another dimension of complexity to it. Yeah. Lebarski is kind of agreeing with what you're saying there, Mike. Um, and DJ Dog just coming back in, he's saying but, cornerback is a deep class, but again, there's no Sauce Gardeners or a Derek Stingley, but overall the depth is very good. And that's the thing with cornerbacks. You will get cornerbacks every round in this draft. So it might be a position they double dip in because outside of Trayvon Diggs, and there are people who are going to have questions in this offseason about Trayvon Diggs as well. We're not set at, at our cornerback two, at our cornerback three, who they are, who plays in the slot, who plays on the outside. And you could see a huge turnover in that cornerback room on its own. But, Rich, what is the next position group? We've talked about interior offensive line. So what is the next position group that you would like to see addressed I would like to see wide receiver addressed um, for the reasons that you guys have said. And I completely agree, and I agree with the comments. I think Mike's hit the nail on the head. It Mm. does very much, and again, I know this is, like Mike said earlier, it's very much like a a bit of a weak answer in terms of, it does depend what they do in free agency. Yeah. Because a big part of it, and like it's just been said, is the playmaking ability, not just moving the ball, although they've had problems moving the ball, depending on who you bring back, depends on how much you impact what ability they have in those regions already, especially yeah. in terms of playmaking ability, because obviously towards the end uh, end of the season, you brought in um, our mind's got blank, what's his name? James Washington. No, his actual name, Ghost. Oh, mine's got blank. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Brought him in, instantly made a play. Didn't really see much afterwards, but I'm like, okay, what much more is there to be gained from him? But mm-hmm. one guy that really caught my oh, there's two guys that caught my eye. Um, Mike, I'm going to need your help on this because, again, like you said, I've had lots going on, names I'm terrible <laughs> with anyway. You probably know the two guys I'm going to ask you about anyway. Basically, the fastest guy that was there and the guy that defies phys- the laws of physics and turns on a dime and changes his momentum like it's ridiculous. Uh, so you, you've got, in terms of wide receiver at the Senior Bowl, the guys who were really good. Yep. Michael Michael Wilson was the biggest standout from Stanford. Like, that guy... Like, like, and what, what's crazy is that um, not many people will know about him either because he spent, like, so much of his college career injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the senior bowl, you got to see him running rounds. He was up against cornerbacks. And what's crazy is, you know, like in the senior bowl drill, the wide receiver uh, versus cornerback drills, those one-on-ones, usually the cornerbacks will win because it's one-on-one. You've just got to defend him. They're not running mm-hmm. concepts or, or anything. It's just you and him. So usually corners can win that ball, but Michael Wilson was all over the place. And even in the game, caught four passes for 76 yards and a touchdown. He even mm-hmm. had one, another touchdown, but it got called back. Yeah. And um, what was you saying about 
the um the fastest guy that would have been Jaden Reed, who was like twenty one miles. Yeah, in the comments, Houston, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty one miles an hour. Mi- Mr. Mi- twenty-one mi- mile an hour. Michigan State mm-hmm. he's from. He was rapid. Yeah. Um but you do have Tank as well, Tank Dell. Um yeah. Sorry, he, that's that's who DJ Dog has. Yeah, he was he's a nifty fast guy. But his issue is he's like five for eight, five for seven. But mm. what was really good is that it doesn't seem to bother him. And when you watch it on tape and at the senior bowl, um he's the, the only issue you've got is when he goes he's when he's gonna go up against bigger, taller corners, he's gonna struggle. Yeah. But on a West Coast offense, when you think about it, you know, when you think you're running crosses, slants, comebacks, curls, you know, when you think that it's gonna be these these shorter, quicker, stabbier routes, could actually fit what Dell is all about. Yeah. So, Mike, the, the area I'm going to ask you about, tell me about edge. Guys that can play on the edge. From the senior ball, the immediate yeah. standout is Will McDonald, <laughs> straight away. Like, that guy mm-hmm. is a beast. I'm absolute yeah. animal. Um, I, So, pure athletic kind of guy, rocked up to hell. Long arms as well, really long arms. I think they're, like, over 35-inch. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, huge. Didn't get a sack in the game, but if you go back and watch the senior ball, if you just type in Will McDonald's senior ball, what you'll see is you'll just see him constantly floating around in the backfield. Constantly, mm-hmm. like to me, pressures are just as important as sacks because if you're creating pressures, and Paul will know this playing the, playing the position, if you're just in there creating pressure, just enough to make. Um, uh, the quarterback make a missed throw, just uh, you know, it's just knocking the timing out slightly. Then that's uh, that. That's enough. That's what all you're trying to do. You're just trying to force mm-hmm. a throw, uh, and that's what Will McDonald was really good at. He was, I would say, the best defensive player in that game. Very good. So, Paul, I'll go back around to you. What is your next position group? Uh, interior defensive lineman. Particularly as zero or one tech. Yeah, but that's nice and easy. That's Keanu Benton. Rafael <laughs> uh, Mastorinson. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like a lot of people are blowing up what he did in the senior bowl. But I think what a lot of that is, is that they just haven't watched him in the season. That, again, that what I seen from Benton in the senior bowl didn't move the needle up or down. They were just like, that's exactly what he's been. His issue can be, though, which is weird for his size, is uh, run blocking because he seems to be better, weirdly, at his position, at his size, at pass rushing. But if you go and watch his senior ball practices, you'll see it, that he's quick off the mark, quick burst, quick explosiveness, out of his stance, nice and quick, and gets through it. Play, He can get through contact nice and quickly, and then he's into the backfield. It's a really odd thing to watch for a guy his size, but that's what he does do. Is run blocking uh, or run defend defending. Um I mean, yeah, it's something I'm gonna have to go back and watch. I'll go back and watch it, but it is a weird part of his game he needs to brush up on a bit. 
There are other nose tackles, but obviously they weren't at the senior ball. So, Rich, give us, give us your second area. Already given it, you haven't I? Wide receiver. Yeah. No, but give, give, give us another one. Linebacker. Oh, that's a toughie. The <laughs> linebackers were a little bit all over the place. Um, there was nobody that really stood out. There were guys that kind of, because the linebackers rotated a lot. What was crazy, though, is when you look at both the Shrine and the Senior Bowl, it was a big defense, which is handy for the Cowboys. It, it, on both sides, it was a big defensive standoff. Mm -hmm. um, it was the defenses that shined on both sides. Um, so that's good. If I was going to go with a linebacker, though, is I, and you know this, right? Overshown was at the senior ball, wasn't he? I'm not, he was, yeah, he yeah. Was, so he was the that standout, would, like, yeah, that would be the guy. That would be, I was trying to think then. I was like, did I, I've seen so many. I was like, did I imagine that? It'd be Overshown. Um, I, Who's I think Over Overshone has brought, has has pushed himself into the second round at this stage. Yeah. I would have had him would have had him maybe gone just ahead of us in the third round, around 80, 80 he, to ninety, and I think he's gone up into the fifties now. The only part I worry about with with Demarvin Ocean is that he's a pass rushing linebacker, and I'm wondering yeah. how that if you're going to do that, then. Perhaps it does help actually because then you get Micah Parsons, and I don't know what you think on this, Paul. That you get a pass rushing linebacker who plays from the two point, um, mm -hmm. namely on the will, and then you push Micah Parsons to a three point as a more traditional defensive end. Mm. So then you've got. Well, you've still got that pass rushing linebacker that we've had in the past with Michael Parsons, but Parsons is now down it's, at the line. He's, and always the, the, he's playing as a defensive end pretty much full time. Yeah. yeah. Do you like it or do you like him moving around? I don't know, man. I really don't know. I'd rather have an actual proper edge rusher, to be honest, than have yeah. that and, and let Parsons be Parsons. Float. Be that floater still. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so that that's probably who, who the standout for me would be would have been Overshown. Yeah. So then the la the last one, and we we've mentioned it a couple of times, and Jerry has said that we're going to do it. Give me a quarterback from the Senior Bowl. It'll be the guy who won the MVP of the Senior Bowl. <laughs> it has to be the 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 quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl were just as I said, you know, when somebody mentioned about Max Duggan, is that they were just so hot and cold all week. Yeah. Um, the same in the shrine. Um, just it was all very hot and cold. It's not mm. to say that the, this quarterback class, but ironically, this quarterback class going into this year's draft has been better than what we've had in the last recent years. Yeah. Um, you know, when you think of last year, it was like the best quarterback in the class was Kenny Pickett. This year is the opposite way round. There's like a nice group in there, but yeah. obviously. Jake is was the best quarterback on the day. Um, uh, you know, I'm trying to remember his exact stats was something like about 150 yards, something mm. like that, and a touchdown was quite good. Uh, oh, hold on, yeah, 
I can get it. Yeah, twelve of nineteen for one hundred and thirty-nine yards, one touchdown. Yeah, I'm on the MVP. He was good, um, yeah. but all the other quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl just they just weren't bringing it home. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He, you know they're talking about Max Duggan. Max Duggan, I think he made like what four completions and just looked mm. flaky doing it. Yeah. So we've 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 kind of gone around the horn twice. So look, we know the Cowboys always take at least one player from the senior bowl. Oh, so, they take a bunch. Or a bunch. Mm. Is there a guy, Mike, that we haven't or a position group that we haven't mentioned that you think this is a guy I think the Cowboys have their eye on? Okay, there's three. <laughs> that <laughs> I've there's three players very specifically I've looked at and I'm like Ooh, they would fit very, very nice. I'll throw in a fourth as well, um, yeah. j- just for just for fun. Um, it's just like because there's just so many. But um, uh, where do we start? Oh, Paul was asking about defensive line as well. Look at Ocha Ochan Mathis as well. Oh um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Nebraska. Yes. Yeah. Go check yeah. him out. He'd be a nice thing to watch, but. Um, the guy, the guys, the two guys I was looking at in terms of cornerback was uh Kai Blue Kelly, yeah, he's really good. Darius Rush, though, he really and he is fast. There's one play where you have to rewind it back a couple of times because you actually think he's the wide receiver, he's that. Mm He is that ahead of the receiver. Oh, it it was just on. He's just flames. And he catches the ball and you watch it and you're like, well, what's the corner doing there? And you go back and watch it like, oh, wait a minute. He is the, that's him. And it's just like really crazy to watch. But the one that people are all missing, I think will um, show itself is that when you stop and you think about it, that, um, uh, what are we doing at the kicker position? Well, the good news is Jake Moody showed you at the Shrine Bowl what he can do. Four kicks, two of them over 50 yards. Nailed them, four for four. Jake one, Moody, one the Shrine MVP. Has the question, will we actually draft the kicker this year? I think he'll still go undrafted, so you can still pick him up. I'd be surprised if he gets drafted because he's just he's quite... Far it's away. Not, it's not really be like it's not really be like last year's draft where you had kickers and punters getting all drafted left, right, and center. Mm. It's gonna happen because teams get itchy, don't get they? Desperate. And they 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 gotta pull the trigger on it. And you know, we all know about um what's going on with Dalton Schultz. If you want to stick with the senior ball, you got Payne Durham, mm. um, who wasn't he was a reliable catcher all week in practice. But in the game, he was better at the point of attack in the run game. Was yeah. pushing pushing his guys back or oh, way back. Yeah. Um, and you know, like a lot of people get tied up. I know you made a comment about him um, about Luke Musgrave, Rich, and he, he is mm. fast. But he's the type of guy where he is really, really quick, uh, and like he's right up there in terms of the tight end rankings. I just yeah. worry about the hands. There's a lot of drop passes in his career. Mm. And that's what I don't like. I know. Yeah. I, I know. You know, I was going to say it to you, but the, 
it is something probably it, it, it's not un, unteachable what he's doing. Um, it's just a lot of body catches with him, nothing outside of his frame where he's trying yeah. to reach out and catch. And if he does try to, the ball just slips out of his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with what you've got, do you know when you stop and you think and you're like, well, we've got Jake Ferguson and we've got um, eh, help me with the other Peyton guy, Hendershot. Peyton Hendershot. There we go. It was in Sean was McEwen. Yeah. You think though, what you're really after is a guy who can come in and block. You know, like on twelve or thirty man personnel. Yeah. Not that that's going to happen much on the West Coast offense, but it's handy to have it there. Well, Payne Durham is that type of guy that could do that for you. Yeah. Will offer you, you know, an option in the catching game too, but he he will be able to help you in the block, and that's why it impressed me because I'm thinking you want something. You've got guys who can run routes and catch. Why about not a guy who's going the other way? So Payne is that type of guy. Okay. So, gentlemen, I think that kind of concludes what we said we'd, we'd, we'd cover this evening. So I think this is nearly a record for this show to be finished at just after <laughs> 10 o'clock. That's all right. I'm up at four in the morning. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Ouch. So, it's just like being back at the regular season. Yeah. <laughs> true. So unless there's anything else you gents would like to discuss, um, I'm going to throw it over to Mike to uh, give the details of Thursday night. Um, do you got anything now, Paul? Rich? No? Um, I think, what if, to really get everyone's juices flowing, get some of the names rolling, and I know this is going to excite Paul, what about a mock draft live? <laughs> I really know how to put a smile on that little Paul's face. No, no, I'm, no, I'm fucking bigger than you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. In height, in height. Maybe not waistband. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm getting there, mate. Yeah, that's all right. We certainly will be doing that this weekend at the Super Bowl, though, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Putting are, some weight on. So are we talking a first-round mock draft, Mike, or are we yes. talking a seven-round mock draft? Yeah, we'll or... do just a first-round mock draft. We'll find out who's on. I might check it out, see what Heckmer or Kyle Yeomans is doing, see if they're available and join in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, get somebody well, in. Might try and do that for Thursday. <laughs> Are you going to manoeuvre the board so that Bijan Robinson is available at 26? <laughs> but look, <laughs> random number generator, whoever gets Dallas then is up to them. <laughs> I mean, we'll try and get Graham in so we can we can all roast him for an hour. Yeah. I think I think Lebarski, you would definitely appreciate Graham being on, on, on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, we'll try. We'll go with the mock draft just to, so it puts some names out. Guess everyone. Yeah. Throwing questions and names out and what yeah. have you. And then I think from from next week, Mike, we're gonna we're gonna be kicking back off with uh, Project Prospect, where we look at hmm. a positional group. We'll give you six guys on the show across multiple rounds so you're not going to be just going it's first round guys you'll get guys we'll talk about guys who'll be first round second all the way down yeah. and we might we've started it. Yeah, yeah we will we will and you think like by the time you've gone round it 
we'll be wheeling around again. So, and obviously we we could probably throw in quarterback, but what we'll do is we'll throw in like day three quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At at some stage, yeah, um, we'll, we 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 will discuss and we will let you know what position group we're going to cover. Um, maybe we might we might let Mike reveal that on Thursday night. Okay. All right then. Yeah, well, I can speak to you and then we'll come up with something. Yeah, absolutely, we will. But look, before we before we get out of here, we always like to pay the bills and give everybody mm. a shout-out. So, Rich, if you want to give a shout-out to our good friends over at Cowboys oh. Experience. Why are you going to do this to me first time back, man? <laughs> Thinking out, right. Get yourself over, if you can, obviously, this year, over to a game over in Dallas or wherever else, but make sure you speak to the guys at Cowboys Experience. They are like top tier A1 Wagyu beef style. These guys are top notch. They will look after you. Tell them you're from us. Blinking at you. You you really like the meet and greets, stadium tours, game tickets, the people you will meet, the experiences you will have. They will be top notch. You will not forget it. Cannot stress how good these guys will be at taking care of you. You have to go and use them. If you don't, you are stupid. But none of you are stupid because you listen to us and we love you. Mike, I hope yeah. that Wagyu beef uh, <laughs> comment has been uh, recorded as a mic drop. <laughs> yeah, we'll try. You can't not mic drop. Wagyu. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got, just so you know, I, I do have sound effects I've got to put on. Maybe that's something me and Paul this weekend can sit down and start ripping through while we yeah. listen to Jamie try and speaking audibly after a few beers. 14, huh? Yeah. Do you know what? I am gonna get I, I'm gonna get that video ready again and I'm gonna try and put Jamie's face on one of them. Oh yes. <laughs> Paul, give a shout out to our friends over the yeah. pond. Yes, be sure to follow our fellow content creators from DallasCowboys.com where they host Hanging the Boys, Talking Cowboys, even do the draft show as well. Also check out myself and May Murray on SB Nation's blog and the boys where you can listen to the world's team. Be sure to check out JTAR, Big Game James, Law Nation, Pack <coughs> 6 Sports, the guys from Canada, Cowboys Can fan, and many, many more. And Mike, what is the big event of this year? It's the the international takeover just go over to our social media go check it out you'll see the details there and you can inbox us message us ask questions about it where we will be going next year at thanksgiving to a dallas cowboys game next year this year next it season is. next season <laughs> football year <laughs> next football year absolutely absolutely and you 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 will be seeing all of our pretty faces in Dallas <laughs> at that game. So, you know, make sure and come up and say hello to us. And, uh, you know, get get pictures, get selfies, get the autographs, get everything you want with us. We'll you know, buy you a I'm beer. Sure, I'm, I'm we'll sure buy we'll you a we'll, we'll buy everyone a beer. Yeah. But, Mike, I'm going to throw it over to you to announce Thursday's show. And it's a good night for me. See you on Thursday for a mock draft. <laughs>